Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 51 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. This, of course, is the post-draft podcast. The Giants go through the 2016 NFL draft. They land six players. Jerry Reese said the best six players they thought they could get. Let's talk about them, including what happened in the first round, landing Eli Apple, a New Jersey kid from Ohio State, to the Giants at number 10. I'm Joe Giglio. With me, as always, Jordan Renan, James Cratch. They're here to talk about this draft and how the Giants now move forward. Jordan, how are you, bud? Joe, what's going on? Three wow. days of drafting. In there the was a lot. Yeah, and you guys you guys did a lot of work and a, and a lot of coverage for NJ.com covering this thing. Um, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at Thursday night because that's been the talk uh, around Giants fans for a few days here. Uh, the Laramie Tunsil slide begins because of the, the video that went viral, and it does impact the Giants. Uh, a couple teams trade ahead of them. The Titans uh, move up, and, of course, the Bears do as well. Conklin goes off the board. Floyd goes off the board. The Giants are there at number 10, and Eli Apple is a Giant. Jordan, tell me what your thoughts were that night, and then kind of how maybe. All right, now how- Let's Go be ahead. honest. Disaster scenario. It was, I mean, we couldn't, it was a scenario we couldn't even think of beforehand because there was, the circumstances were so outrageous. I mean, Laramie Tunsil, here's the deal, ready? The Giants have nine guys, basically, you know, there's about nine premium players in this draft. We're not including the two quarterbacks that went, right? Right. So do you figure the Giants are going to get one of them? And then there's sort of that next level of guys. So, you know, you got Bosa, Ezekiel uh, Elliott, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Ronnie Stanley, who actually they like Jack Conklin better. Uh, but Conklin, Stanley, uh, DeForest Buckner, uh, Leonard Floyd, Miles Jack, and Laramie Tunsil. Now, those two last two guys are the key, right? Because you got nine guys plus two quarterbacks. That's 11. They pick 10. Everything's good. All's good. Life is great. They're going to get one of those guys, right? No, it doesn't happen that way. Jack's knee is a problem. The medical recheck. He's off their board and with, for the 10th pick. Tunsil's plummeting down the board. Nobody wants to take him. All of a sudden, now there's, now there's seven players. and We're not even counting Jalen Smith, who would have been in that group too, if not for a knee injury that ruined it. So the Giants once thought you're, they're in a great spot at 10. All of a sudden, are sitting there shorthanded in the 10th spot because out of that first tier of players, here comes the Tennessee Titans. They're taking Conklin off the board. Now, the Giants were looking around. They were concerned all day that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might take Leonard Floyd. That was the guy they wanted to draft. They had targeted Leonard Floyd. They thought they were going to get him. And here come the Chicago Bears. They take him. Now, all of a sudden, the Giants are sitting there saying, wow, I guess the top player on our board is Eli Apple. We're going to go ahead and take him. And they do. Now, this isn't anything against Eli Apple. He may be, end, up being, end up being significantly better than some of those guys above uh, that were drafted above him. But it wasn't the Giants' ideal target. And now they have a cornerback who, let's be honest, he's probably going to you know, play in the slot this year, a position he's never played before. Uh, he's the successor to Dominique Rogers-Cromarty. Uh, hopefully it works out. He's got a lot of strengths that they like. He's tall. He's long. My understanding was he was their choice over uh, Vernon Hargraves because – Combined with Janaris Jenkins, his size it just makes him a better fit. Uh, th- that end, his, the way he played, you know, and his upside. So uh, they're, they're, that's how the whole Eli Apple thing went down. Strange, strange, strange that they end up with Eli Apple. I don't think if you pulled anyone in there, 
even a week before the draft that they thought that Eli Apple was going to be their pick at number 10. James, for you, do you think Jerry Reese got outmaneuvered here, or is it um, is it okay to say in the context of a draft, and maybe it won't be for some fans, but it's okay to say stuff happens, right? Like the Tunsil thing happened and the two teams trade ahead of him. Is that fair to say, or, or should a GM not allow stuff to happen? What, what's your take on how it went down? I think it's a little bit of both. I agree with Jordan. It's like before the draft even started, because I have my notebook right here, I, I wrote down what I thought was the nightmare scenario for the Giants. Goff won to the Rams, Wentz to the Philly, then it would have gone Buckner to San Diego, Jalen Ramsey to Dallas, Bosa to Jacksonville, Tunsil to Baltimore, Stanley to San Francisco, Conklin to Tennessee, assuming they would trade up, Floyd to Tampa. So I thought the disaster scenario for the Giants would be, you're sitting at 10, the only guy from that group left is Elliott, and we go through the hole, do, we want to, do they want to take a running back at number 10, or do they have to go down to the second tier? But... The Giants got in a situation where Elliott goes off. They don't the even get Elliott. They yeah, they didn't get Elliott. And, and someone did drop. And it was a guy who had a video of him using a gas mask bong on 20 minutes before the draft started. So you, you can't win. You have a guy magically drop, and you can't take him because Twitter just exploded. You have Elliott, who is not there anymore. So Jordan's right. They had to do the best that they could do. Now, look, I don't think the Giants could have traded up to six probably would have cost too much but when Tennessee I just felt like you saw the Tennessee move and you saw the Chicago move coming a a mile away so I think in that sense you could say yes Jerry Reese got outmaneuvered because he got his he didn't get in he didn't at least try to trade up to eight although he probably would have had to overpay to make sure he got Conklin or Floyd um I don't necessarily agree with the trade down argument because I don't know where they were supposed to trade down to 10's way too high for people trying to trade up to get Paxton Lynch. And, you know, as Jordan said, with that finite group of players that are considered elite, there's no, there really wasn't anybody left. I mean, maybe someone would have wanted to get to 10 for Vernon Hargraves, but I don't know what other teams' boards look like, and I don't think Vernon Hargraves is necessarily a guy that a team's going to want to give up a lot to trade up for. Right, and that's fair. So, you know, in that instance, what was he supposed to do in terms of a trade down? And sitting at 10... They take Apple. Now, Jordan, you had said a few minutes ago, you know, we don't know. Time's going to tell them what Apple's going to be. But there was a reaction, I think, instantly like, instantly that night from fans like Eli Apple at 10. How much, if at all, was Eli Apple a reach? Like, where do you think he would have gone realistically? What kind of range if the Giants did not take him at 10? There was rumors that the Dolphins might be interested at 13. So I don't think it would have been too far. It would probably would have been, you know... 13, 15, 16, something like that, maybe you know, 18 to 20 at the latest. So it wasn't a huge drop off. I think it was he was in that next tier of players. I, I think that's the way we see it. And if that's if that's the case, and, and I, I think you're probably you know right on that, it's not like they took a, a kid that didn't uh, fit at all towards where they were. It just wasn't the player uh, that the Giants, you know, probably were projected to get. And as far as moving forward with Apple. What do we think about him playing the slot? I mean, Jordan, you said a few minutes ago he's never played it. James, for you, how much of a concern is that that they took a guy that is going to have to play somewhere new in his first year to contribute? I think it's a little bit of a concern. I don't think it's a, a major concern. You know, look, he, he's the number ten pick in the NFL draft. What you know, and I, I think whether you want reach or not, he was going to be a first round pick in all likelihood. So I, you know, 
you took him for a reason at number 10. I, I think that even though he hasn't played in the slot in college, you just have to believe he can play in the slot. You know, I mean, he's he's a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. He should be able to do what they want him to do. I think that's the attitude and approach the Giants have to have. And, you know, obviously they, hope, they have to hope it works out, but I don't see any reason why he couldn't play in the slot. He just has to do it now. Yeah, I mean, but you're asking a guy to come in and learn that position, a position he's never played before, and do it at the NFL level. I mean, to expect a guy to come in and, and have a lot of success at that seems like a flawed line of thinking to me. Now, do I think that should play much into the fact of whether you draft him at 10? Absolutely not. I mean, these are long-term investments you're talking about with first-round picks. You can't worry about how they fit in in year one to me. I mean, if a guy doesn't play year one even a slightest, or even year two, but turns into an all-pro or pro ball player, you go home happy. I mean, they, you can't think too short-sighted with these kind of picks. I, I just don't that, – that's a very, very flawed way of looking at it. I mean, J.J. Watt started 16 games as a rookie, had five and a half sacks. Second year, he had over 20. Right. So one year, the first year, doesn't necessarily at all, obviously, in the NFL, uh, you know, tell you what the kid is. It is more of a long-term investment. How about the elephant in the room? And it's something I was thinking about as the draft was unfolding. And as Larry May Tunsil kept sitting there. Now, we know the Giants had and still have some question marks on the right side of their offensive line, specifically right tackle. Now, for, I guess a two-part question. We'll go to Jordan and then James on this. Did you think there was any chance the Giants would have taken Larry May Tunsil at 10? And should they have? I think it's an impossible question to answer. I mean, it, it, should they have? I don't, I, we don't know the full story. We don't know the full background of what's going on. There's obviously more to it than just... This video coming out, there was concerns about him a little bit. You had heard whispers in recent days. Now, the Giants had Laramie Tunsil above Eli Apple on their board. I mean, you can book that. I know as we're doing this podcast right now, Jerry Reese went on the radio and said, Laramie Tunsil was not off our board. Now, I get it. Laramie Tunsil wasn't completely off their board. But was he off their board for the number 10 pick? I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that they weren't willing to take him in the first round. I mean, they went up. he went up there after, and he said, Eli Apple was the first player on our board without the issues. You know, I mean, the, the issues, that's Miles Jack's knee and Laramie Tunsil's background and bang. So uh, I don't know if they should have drafted him. We'll ultimately see what these, what these problems lead to. That's the Giants' evaluation in regards to off-the-field stuff or personal problems that this kid might have or personality, or character concerns. As a player, of course they should have taken him, but you got to weigh the risk and the reward, and they weighed it, and they didn't think it was worth it. James, as it was happening, did you think that there was a chance they would take him, or did you think this just, when you add it all together, in the moment, this is just not a pick the Giants would make? Uh, during the draft, as we kept on you know, getting down there, I, I, thought it, I thought it was a real possibility they were going to take him. You know, I mean, the Giants, Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo, you know, said, you know, best pick available, best pick available. Well, I think it's hard to argue that Laramie Tunsil wasn't the best pick available by pretty much any metric, you know, we have available to us in terms of the draft at number 10. Um, I thought there was a chance they would take him. I wasn't surprised that they didn't take him, but I, I did think it was possible they would do it because best pick available. Now, that being said, I, I think the Giants were right to pass on him. You know, before we even get to the background stuff, we talked about this many times before the draft. 
they would be investing another top 10 pick in an offensive lineman. Now, I know turns out that if they were going to do that, if Jack Conklin was there and Leonard Floyd wasn't, and at that point, you know, I, that, that's what they decided was the best move. But I still stick to that stance that it wasn't the best idea to take another offensive lineman. And two, I mean... But if given would, the choice between Tunsil and, and Apple, I mean, you're still saying you would, you would take Apple if Tunsil had no background problems? No, I would say I would probably say I would take Tunsil if he had no background problems or slight background problems. But I mean, I think it would've been a really hard sell for for Jerry to to take Laramie Tunsil after all that happened that night and to walk out there. I mean, it, it would have been a feeding frenzy in, in this area. I, I think we all can agree on that. I would hope that that has no doesn't play into it at all, and you just go, you know, like. Who cares if you have to deal with people criticizing your pick? If the guy is going to be Orlando Pace, you know, I really hope that that has zero bearing on whether the Giants make the pick or not. I would hope so too, but I, it's hard for me to believe that wasn't at least in the back of their minds. Like, I agree with you, Jordan. They sh- it shouldn't be, um, but I, I do, you know, part of me does wonder if what the reaction was going to be. Uh, and if the Giants just said, this is just not for us. So it ends up being Eli Apple. He's the number one pick. But the rest of this draft, also very interesting. And as we go through it, the first thing I notice, Apple the corner at the first pick. And then we'll get into the next picks. But the next couple picks, a wide receiver, a free safety. And I think I heard Jerry Reese use the term, uh, the NFL and football has become basketball on grass. I mean, it, this whole offseason, rush the passer, give Eli weapons, stop the opposing passing game. I mean, that's the game the Giants are playing now, and it clearly went into their second pick. James, your thoughts on Sterling Shepard, wide receiver, Oklahoma? Uh, excellent pick. I-, I think this was their best pick of the draft. Um, he's a guy who, are, you know, just, I think he's a guy who can hit the ground running. He's sort of like, you know, Odell Beckham light. He's a guy who can play in the slot, so they've got some insurance now. Uh, you know, if Victor Cruz's comeback doesn't go well, and then, you know, they potentially have someone to t- step into that position going forward into the future. They've got a young, athletic guy who can go get the ball. They said they can put him on the outside. Um, you know, look, Jordan wrote this a couple of days ago. It's tough to expect a lot out of a second-round receiver in his first year. But I think the Giants can leave the draft thinking down the line. They have their number two receiver, the guy that can pair with Beckham going forward. I mean, they're going to throw him in there. He's basically going to be their number two receiver. You know, whether they sign a veteran or not still remains to be seen. But uh, they're going to give him an opportunity to go out there and make plays, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. They'll see what they can get from him. I, I, I like the picky. To me, it's Odell Beckham light. You know, be a smaller guy, explosive, not big, but plays a lot bigger than he is listed. You know, just just by his height. He's actually pretty wide. I think he's like two hundred pounds. So it's not that he's not that he's a skinny little guy. He, he's actually, I think Mike uh, Mark Rush used the term rocked. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I like this pick. I think I think it's going to be a good pick. He's going to be a good player, and uh, he'll be a great partner for Odell Beckham moving forward. It'll be interesting because they now have two smaller guys. Not that Odell Beckham. I mean, you don't care about his size because he plays big anyway. But uh, yeah, you know. Two small guys. It's it's kind of rare, especially in today's age, to think about two under six feet guys being your your number one and two receivers and being studs. But I think they could do it here. 
Yeah, I do too. And you don't usually see it. You're right. And even Victor Cruz, if we want to, you know, just throw him still into the mix, he's only six foot tall. And I think it opens up the question, you know, how these guys align. That's right? probably like, a stretch too, by the way. It probably is, right? He's just listed as that. So maybe he's under six foot as well. And that means three under six foot wide receivers, which if they could play and they're, you know, they play bigger, no one cares, obviously. But alignment wise, uh, do you think they're going to move these guys around? Obviously, we know Beckham, Jordan could play anywhere, you know, slot, inside, outside, either side. But do you think they're going to have set positions or these three might just play everywhere if they're all healthy? I think they'll move him around if they're all healthy because uh, you want to get Odell and move him around anyway and get him to play in the slot a little bit anyway. He plays like, what, 15% something in the slot. So he'll play there a little bit. Uh, but if Shepard, if, if Victor Cruz plays, I think Shepard's going to play on the outside this year. Even though he played mostly slot in uh, Oklahoma, I think his primary spot will be on the outside just because uh, that's where they need him most right now. And uh, him and Cruz will move around a little bit more. And Odell will play mostly on the outside, but some in the slot. But, you know, like you said, move around, but with his primary spot, if Victor Cruz comes back, being on the outside. James, let's go to the third-round pick. Darian Thompson, the free safety Boise State. Um, the first th- thing I thought is he fits next to Landon Collins. We, I think we talked all offseason. If the Giants add a safety, you know, the idea of, of putting a safety that fits with Collins, who's you know, not a cover guy, that, that has to be part of the thinking. And it seems like the Giants think this kid is that. Yeah, no, I was a little surprised with the pick at first. Uh, you know, my thought going in was that if unless they could get a guy like Von Bell or Carl Joseph in the second round, and Carl Joseph ended up going in their top fifteen, that they would maybe not attack the safety position. I thought that what they did in free agency with not bringing in a veteran safety showed that they were prepared to go forward with the three unproven guys they have on their roster. But I definitely think Thompson fits. You know, he's he's a ball hawk. He's a he's a smart, instinctual safety. A guy who can cover. A guy who also, I guess, is played you know is played up against the line. A little bit, he can do different things. So I think it's. I think that was a solid pick. He's a guy who's projected as a second rounder, be around Senior Bowl time. A lot of people thought he might be the best safety prospect in the draft, save Jalen Ramsey. So uh, that was a really good pick for them, and I think he's a guy who definitely could end up winning that job coming out of training camp. And he's a ball hawk from everything we've heard about. You know what he did, obviously in school and all the interceptions. That's something. I mean, the Giants just haven't had that, Jordan. A guy in the in the secondary that could take the ball away and make plays. I mean, Stevie Brown a couple of years ago had all those interceptions, but you know he wasn't to me anything special. He just happened to have, I think, almost a fluky type of year. The Giants haven't yeah, had one of those safeties. Say that. I was about to say that. I think I was. Uh, you know, sometimes the ball just pops in a guy's hand a couple of times. It's not, not that he was this great ball hawking safety. Yeah, right. They haven't had one of those guys, and and obviously, you know, Thompson now comes with that college reputation. We'll see if he does it for them. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, they obviously, you know what? The more you think about it, the more you like it. I mean, there's the rare guys like Earl Thomas who just has it all. You know, he has the ridiculous physical skill, uh, speed, plus the instincts. But when you think about it, safety is a position, maybe even more than most, that a lot of these guys, I mean, they come out of nowhere. Uh, they're not the most. They don't absolutely kill it. It's such an instinctive position, is trying, I guess is what I'm trying to say, and that you need to know what you're doing and be breaking on ball basically before, you, you know, you're, before it's even thrown. It's, it's such an instinctive position that I think it's an underrated factor when we're talking about it here and that 
maybe too often we look at size and speed of these guys. Now, granted, it would help if you have 4-4 speed. You can cover up a little bit if you react a little later. But, uh, you know, there's not many guys who are sitting out there at 4-4, 200-plus, and playing safety ready to make some plays. So uh, I kind of like uh, – this is really grown on me. I think Darius Thompson's going to be a really good player. And hopefully, I mean, if think about it. If he becomes a good player, him and Landon Collins will be a, a tandem for a very long time. They could be, right. And that's a good point, that the instinct there with the safeties, you know, it's, it's just hard to know that kind of stuff until you, you watch a guy uh, start to do his thing. For the, the, last- only, the only thing I want to add is, you know what with Darius Thompson, though? It might be more realistic to think, you know, he's coming in, he's at a disadvantage, even though, you know, the, the, the young guys that have been injured were out a year. They're a year ahead of him in regards to knowing the defense, knowing the playbook. It might take Darius Thompson until his second year to be that, that starter at the free safety spot. I think that's more realistic. It probably is. I mean, he's the third-round pick. I mean, to expecting, for fans to expect him to come in and you know, just take hold of the starter's job from day one, that's probably, you know, that's probably a little bit too much to put on him uh, from the jump. He'll have his chance, though. He'll have a chance. He will. Yeah, it'll, be a, it'll be a fun uh, camp, you know, tra- training camp battle for you guys to watch, I'm sure. Definitely. I, think, I mean, look, I think Jordan's right. It is a lot to expect a third-round pick to get that job immediately, but I definitely think he'll have a chance with those three guys that are there It'll be a nice four-man competition, maybe five-man. You know, you got other guys on the team as well. So we'll see what happens. We move to the fourth round. The the linebacker, B.J. Goodson, uh, Clemson. Jordan, it feels like every year, or at least almost every year, the Giants draft a linebacker somewhere in the middle rounds, um, and they did it for you know, a couple years in a row back uh, a little while ago. And, and rarely do these guys become anything for them. Uh, any reason to think B.J. Goodson might be different? I'm not saying he won't be, but I'm, is there a, you know, a reason for you? Anything pop out to you about this kid that maybe he'll be something? He's strong between the tackles. I like that about him. He's pretty de- seems to be a pretty decent uh, athlete, plays tough. Uh, there's definitely some stuff to like. I could, I could see why they drafted him. I, I keep saying this. It's one thing that concerns me. I know it, seems, it might seem minor to some people, but he was – Third team all ACC by their by the coaches in the conference. Those are the coaches that like you know scout uh, and prepare to play against him, and they viewed at least six to eight other linebackers better than him this past year. And this was his only year really as a player, as a, as a starter at middle linebacker at Clemson. So the fact that he played at Clemson and was viewed as the sixth or eighth best linebacker, I mean that that kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. I'm not going to make my judgment based on that, but just saying. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair question. And, you know, it's an accolade he has, but obviously I understand what you're saying. He's the third team in the ACC, and he's being drafted in the first four rounds. So, yeah, I, I would say the same thing. It's, it's definitely kind of raises your eyebrow a little bit. So he goes in the fourth round. Uh, the fifth round, I think there's some intrigue. Anytime a running back is drafted by a team that doesn't have, um, you know, obviously that one guy at running back. Rashad, Rashad Jennings is the Giants' lead back, but, it, you know, last year we talked about it all year long. It was a very strange running back rotation. James, what do you think of Paul Perkins, and what do you think about the Giants' logjam at running back? I know you wrote about it a lot last year during this draft. How does Perkins kind of fit into this thing now? Yeah, um, it's no longer a committee. I think it's a running back bureau at this point. <laughs> um the one thing that struck me is, you know, McAdoo, Mark Ross, Jerry Reese, they all said the same thing when they were discussing Perkins. Complete back. 
Uh, McAdoo and Reese both said he can be on the field all three downs. Uh, he's very elusive, very shifty, one cut and go guy. Um, doesn't have a. I think his forty time was like four or five range, but he seems to have break the way ability to break away from people, make people miss. Good receiver out of the backfield. Uh, pass protects well. I think he's a guy who I still expect the Giants to use some form of rotation this year with Perkins and Vereen and Jennings. Um, but I, de- I think the Giants took him because they see him down the road as being a guy that they can pretty much have on the field all three downs and not really have to rely on a rotation like they might have to this year, and they definitely did last season. This was the one for me, Jordan, and just going off of what James is saying, that, that kind of raised my eyebrow in a good way, like an intriguing pick. I watched him a little bit at UCLA when, you know, when they were on. He seems pretty good. I mean, he seems like a player that has some ability with the ball in his hands. What were your thoughts when the pick was made? Yeah, I mean, you, you like it. You think, okay, that's a crowded position. What does that mean now? And it really is. It's interesting. I mean, some of those guys are going to be gone. I mean, the competition is on. Andre Williams, Orleans, Darkwa. Uh, Paul Perkins, I mean, Andre, uh, sorry, uh, Rashad Jennings, Bobby Rainey. Uh, I have uh, Bobby Rainey. Uh, I'm pretty much counting out to be honest. Yeah, so I think he has a, a long, he has, he has a, his work cut out for him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, Bobby Rainey might be better off going to another team right now, actually. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of players at that position. And then the more you look at Perkins, you think, okay, you know, I like what I see. Um, and you know, you think about it, okay, he's going to be on the roster, right? He's a draft pick. If things go the way they did last year and you go through the first four, six, eight games and the giants aren't able to have, uh, you know, really establish that running game with a number one guy. Cause they really don't have a guy who stands out and is so much better than everyone else. If it goes that same way, don't be surprised to see him mid season kind of step in and get a lot of, get a bunch of carries and, and play a much bigger role. And we saw it last year in Arizona with a guy like David Johnson, plus injuries. It's a position where guys get injured all the time. So at some point, I would, I would almost expect him to make some sort of impact this, this past year. At first, I wasn't so sure. But the more I thought about it at that position, I bet you he does at some point you know, get 15, 20 carries in a game. Yeah, it's a good spot for him, and we'll see if he could be good for the Giants, but it's certainly, I think, a good spot for Perkins in the fifth round out of UCLA. How about the sixth round pick, the final one uh, the Giants made, Jarrell Adams, tight end, South Carolina. James, we'll go to you. I mean, this is your uh, your neighborhood, the South Carolina kid, Jarrell Adams. Uh, you know the school. I'm sure you know the player from watching them. What do you think of him? And uh, obviously the Giants add another tight end to you know always what seems like a revolving door of, of options they have there. Yeah, I mean, spectacular pick. No, no doubt about that. Um, I thought it was interesting. No bias there was. No not bias. at all. Not at hey, all. Hey, hey, I said Goodson was a good pick, too. You know, but uh, <laughs> That's true. That's um, true. I hate it. The hated Tigers. The Tigers. I, I, I thought it was a good pick. Um, he's a developmental player. He's, he's a number three tight end this season. Um, I, I think maybe maybe a little bit more, but that's probably the, the expectation level. Um, I definitely, you know, I thought it was interesting because, you know, you look at a guy like Larry Donnell or Jerome Cunningham or Will Ty, the guys they've had on the roster, they've been guys who have established ability in the passing game and they're pretty raw in in the blocking and all that. You've got a guy in Adams who's a little bit advanced in blocking, 
but he's very, you know, unpolished as a receiver. Um, you know, I, they talked about his hands, his route running, um, his ball security leaves a little bit to be desired. He, he, he coughed up a big one last year against Tennessee. They were driving to upset the Vols on the road in Knoxville. You know, he, and he kind of was, he got the first down. And he was fighting for yardage, holding onto the ball like a loaf of bread and popped out game over. They lose. Um, so that's, I think a thing that he's gonna have to work on as well. But yeah, I, I thought it was a, it's a six round pick is a guy who's got promise. You bring him in for a year, you work with him, you see what can happen. So I thought it was a good pick for them. So as we kind of look at this thing as a whole, guys, we've gone over the six picks, talked about how the Apple thing happened. Um, I know we, you know, you guys do draft grades. Everyone does them. How do you feel about this draft now that you kind of look at it as a whole? I mean, obviously in the moment, the Apple pick and, and what happened there in the first round. But as a whole, Jordan, the 2016 draft class, it'll take years to really understand what it is. But for right now, what do you think about the, what the Giants did here? I gave it a B minus. Uh, I I have no problem with any of the other picks. The first, you know, from rounds two to six, they all seem reasonable to me. I really like Shepard. Uh, Perkins is another one that is very intriguing. But you know, the first round pick when you're picking at number ten, it just seems like you should come away with more of a sure thing. Now, ultimately, I'm not saying Eli Apple won't be good. He could end up being great. We never know. We'll see how it plays out. But I would have, if I were the Giants, especially you told me a month ago, show me the board, and you said Eli Apple was going to be their 10th pick, I would have laughed. I mean, his tape is not that is not number 10 worthy, uh, you know, uh, that says this guy is a, is a surefire dominant player. So to me, that gave me a little reservation and knocked it down to a B minus. So. Jury's out on that one. I kind of like the rest of them. Obviously, jury's out on them too, but that's where I stand. James, how about you? Add it all together. What was your kind of take? Your big takeaway of the 2016 Giants class? I gave the the class a B. Um, it's. I thought all six picks were good. I admittedly, Apple is not necessarily the guy that you would have pinpointed as the person you wanted at number ten. But all things considered, I don't think it was a bad pick, and I think he could turn out to be a really good player. So I thought I liked all six picks, but I don't know if all six picks addressed everything. You know, for me, I just thought that you know there, maybe they addressed some areas that they necess- didn't necessarily need to address as much. You know, I, I come back to the whole thing that you know I know everyone's talking about no offensive lineman, no defensive lineman. Um, they didn't get a pass rusher at all, which kind of took me by surprise, and I, I think that was something I definitely needed. Um, so I guess I would say if I if I was running a draft, I think between Perkins and Adams, I think one of those picks I would have tried to steer towards the offensive line or getting a pass rusher. Why? If you're not looking for this year, James, and you think about it, you say, do they really have a running back? I mean, you're looking to try and hit hit on a guy for the future. Do they really have a running back? Do they really have a tight end? Do they really really have a middle linebacker going to the fourth-round pick? I mean, these are positions that, yeah, they have guys, but they have guys that are just just guys, right? No, I I, I get what you're saying, but, you know, at the same time, I I mean, you look at the pass rush situation, they have guys, but, you know, they have Vernon, but JPP, he's on a one-year deal. We don't know what's going to happen. 
you know, you know, you hope Owa can develop into something. And maybe that maybe that's the way they looked at. It. Maybe they looked at it as we're basically drafting Owa again because he didn't do anything last year as a rookie. Um, so I, I, know, think, I, definitely... I would think that's the case, by the way, yeah. because you know he they they had confidence when they drafted him, and at the beginning of last year they just haven't they didn't see him succeed or fail. So they no. they probably still think he's going to succeed. I would think no, so. No. Yeah, yeah, I would think so as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Um, that was just one thing that surprised me. I, I thought, you know, even though they have more proven commodities at those positions than others, I thought they may have brought in one of those guys on the line. But you're right, tight end, running back, you don't, you might have an okay fit for 2016, but th- in the future, you don't really have a guy. So I definitely understand where they were coming from in that s- sense. So what's the biggest question moving forward? I mean, for all intents and purposes, the offseason here is done. I mean, there could be a veteran signing, uh, you know, maybe an offensive lineman, maybe it's still a wide receiver, Jordan. You mentioned that earlier. But for the most part, uh, they did what they did. They spent a lot of money in free agency. Now the draft here, the bulk of what the Giants will do to improve themselves from last year is over. New coach, all the additions, the draft. Um, add it all together from free agency to now, how did the Giants do? I mean, do you look at them as a team that's much improved at this point, you know, in early May and what a, obviously a lot of training camp and all that stuff to come, or still a lot of question marks? Jordan, where you, what do you feel on that? Both. I do think they're improved, but they had so many question marks that they still have some question marks. They couldn't fill them all. I mean, look, where can, we could say, you know, they, they didn't fill their needs in the draft. I, you know, you hear people say that. Well, the first three picks were – Cornerback, they needed one. Wide receiver, they needed one. And what was the third round? Safe, free safety, they needed one. So, you know, we could we, basically no matter what happened, you were going to say they didn't fill all their needs because they had more needs than they could fill, basically, for the short term. Uh, this team has holes. They still have holes. Now, are they better? Yes, they're better. I mean, they have some defensive players, significant defensive players they added to the mix. Uh, you're talking about free agency, and the draft, you know, Vernon, Snacks, Jenkins, Apple now, uh, Thompson, all, you know, those are some significant additions to their defense. Uh, they're 32nd in the league. You would hope they would be improved a little bit. So uh, I'm not so sure how much they improved offensively because they really didn't do that much. What did they do offensively? Add Sterling Shepard? Right. And- Will Johnson, the the H back. So I mean, that's not a major. You know, move. We're, we're, yeah, we're talking bit piece there. So, how much better is their offense? Probably not a ton, right? Right. I mean, we could we could guess on how much. Maybe, like you said, you guys said Perkins could have some sort of impact down the line, but he's not a. You know, he's a fifth round running back, so we don't know what you're going to get there. Yeah, they didn't add much to the offense, but the offense was good last year. It's, the offensive line is that's still the big. The offense wasn't great though. I know the numbers say they were really good. They weren't great though. They had they had they had some rough spots where they didn't put up enough points. Where, you know, that that offense was supposed to bail was supposed to be legitimately good and bail out the defense, and they didn't they didn't really do it that often. Not enough, obviously, because they you know they didn't win enough games. Is the offensive line for you, James, still the biggest uh, concern as we sit here in this this Monday in early May? I think it's a concern. I don't think it's necessarily um, as big of a concern as people make it out to be. I mean, I, I'd be intrigued with what Jordan thinks. At this point, to me, I, I get the feeling that they feel pretty good about John Jerry as their right guard. 
and the real position battle is going to be at right tackle because we've seen in minicamp so far, Bobby Hart's been working with the second team offense as a right tackle. You have Newhouse there. Um, maybe they go get somebody, bring a veteran in. They have some second tier guys they signed. You know, I don't, I don't expect any of those guys to necessarily make a big push, but I think it's a, it's a concern. But at the same time, it's maybe not the as big of a concern as as people say it is. I, I still think the linebacker situation is a little bit, you know, because you have some veteran guys there. Is a guy like Keenan Robinson going to stay healthy? And it's overall, yes, you have all these players on the defense, but is, how much better is the defense going to be? We we know it's improved, but how much is improved mean? And that's going to be the big question as we move forward here. All right, so let's wrap with this. Uh, we we talked about all the draft base, talked about what uh, it kind of means added to the free agent. Um, bonanza the Giants went on spending all that money on defense of all the draft picks uh, each of you uh, give me your thoughts of all the draft picks which is the one uh, that's going to have the biggest impact as a rookie and then which is the one that maybe people should look out for kind of like a surprise like maybe this guy will have an impact as well so for Jordan for you rookie that will have the biggest impact I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard. I mean, it just makes sense to me they have such a big hole there he's going to play a big role they throw the ball a ton it just you know, Vic, if Victor Cruz has any sort of setback, Shepard's role is going to be huge. He almost has to produce by default. You know, otherwise they've really, I don't know what, where they're going to turn to uh, at wide receiver unless they go out and sign some veterans. So Sterling Shepard, to me, biggest impact year one. Now, Eli Apple, let me say this. If Dominic Rogers Camardi or something has a problem staying on the field, then his impact can be much more substantial. James, how about for you, biggest impact and then someone that uh, to keep an eye on and be under the radar in this draft class that c- could produce? I would also say Shepard, but it would be boring if Jordan and I just said the same thing. So I will go with Eli Apple. Um, I think, you know, he's a, he's a guy who's going to be counted on. He's a, you know, he, he played well at Ohio State. You know, I, I think he's a guy who, you know, I know he hasn't played in the slot, but let's say he takes that slot job and he handles it. I mean, look, slot receivers are on the a slot tight cornerbacks, uh, excuse me, are on the field like 60-65% of the time now in the league. It's basically a starting position, your third cornerback. So I'll say he gets that job and he does well. The guy who I would say could be a surprise, I'll say Goodson could be the guy who pleasantly surprises. I get the feeling that he's he's gonna be on every special team. They they mentioned that in their press conference that I was giving uh, you Perkins, by the way. That's why I didn't answer James. I I, uh, I figured it was a layup. You know, I took Shepard, I was giving you Perkins. Well, I, you know, I'll, I'll go with Goodson. Um, the state of South Carolina. You're yeah, all. no. You couldn't <laughs> resist, James. Couldn't no, resist. I'll go with Goodson because they said they love him on special teams. They said Tom Quinn loves him. They mentioned that during the thing. I think he's a guy who's going to be playing a big role on specials. And they seem to think that while his best position would be middle linebacker, that he could potentially also play on the outside a little bit. So I could see him getting in the mix there, you know, and, and maybe helping out in the pinch at some of those linebacker positions where, look, they've got guys who've had injury issues in, the, in recent years. Let's wrap with this. What is next now in the offseason program? You know, we have the draft. The Giants were in there last week, um, you know, getting together a little bit. What's next as, as fans uh, await the next step and, and seeing these rookies on the field a little bit? Jordan, where, where do we go from here in this Giants offseason? Well, the rookies come in this week. They have a rookie minicamp, so they a quick – it's sort of like an introduction for them. Uh, the veterans aren't even there. They kind of just come in just the rookies, get a little orientation of what it's going to be like 
And then after that, they kind of mix in with the veterans and we're underway. And then we'll have some mini camps. We'll have, uh, you know, some OTAs and, uh, the spring will, will see them practice in shorts. And, uh, you know, for the rookies, really, they're just trying to get their, you know, get their feet set and, uh, figure out what the heck is going on, what the Giants are doing, how this works, get their life settled, get a, find a place to live. So you don't really look at what they do too much on the field as indicative of what to expect. I mean, a guy can be a complete mess in the first month here of trying to learn stuff. Uh, but, you know, when, until they come back in the summer for training camp, this is just sort of like um, a month or two long orientation. Till the, what was it, mid-June? Mid-June, I think it is. I think it's like June 19th. So that's next, and, uh, and we'll be paying attention to what you guys write and, and cover with that. And uh, we'll be back soon to, to continue to break down this offseason, what these rookies are, are doing, what they're like, and, and where this Giants team heads into summer. So the draft is in the books. Eli Apple with the first pick, and uh, we'll probably be talking about him a lot as the, uh, as the summer goes along and we get into the regular season. Guys, as always, Jordan, thanks for doing this. Anytime, Joe. No better time of the year than draft time. Always fun. James, thanks, bud. You got it, Joe. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to Talk is Jeep, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. If you like the show, make sure to give us a rating on iTunes. It helps us grow uh, as we go along through the summer and the season. Thanks for listening right here on NJ.com. <laughs>